Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We'll get training camp rolling and going. I mean, we're going to have rookies reporting towards the end of next week. Summer's over. Why would you say that? <laughs> you said it yesterday, too, when we, we came in uh, to take over for for Joe and Sal. You looked at Joe, you're like, summer's over. <laughs> yeah, because you're a monster. You're a monster. I'm a winter guy. What can you're I say? You're the kind of person, like, you get excited when, like, in the middle of July, you hear a back-to-school ad. No. No. Monstrosity. You go to See, Target with your parents no, when you're, like, stop. 10 years old. Wait and a see, minute. You see back-to-school supplies. That's Time you. Out. That's you. No. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I just like the fall and the winter. There's, think of how comfortable it is in the fall. It's not. Yesterday was like 90 degrees outside. Was I was wonderful. completely uncomfortable. Oh, the it was whole wonderful. Day. It was wonderful. We were also inside most of the day. That's fair. But like, I don't know. I just, I, I used to mow lawns and stuff when I was like back in college. I worked at a landscaping business. Oh, so, oh, so the summers actually were the worst time yeah. in, in the world. Actually, no, we're going to talk about my trauma real quick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're going to we're going to no, trauma but, uh, dump like, here like, there real were, quick. There were there was there was a couple times where like so one of the things we'd have to do is we'd have to if you can't put a lawnmower in. Let's get real technical here with lawn mowing techniques. If you can't mow in a ditch, mm-hmm. you have to trim it with a weed whacker. Sometimes this is fine. The ditch is like 20 feet and it's you're done and it's simple. There was this one place where it was a ditch, but it wasn't. Like it was ground and it was grass mm-hmm. and it was it was like a, there would water would drain through there, but it wouldn't drain like a ditch does where it's like a hole and there's dirt and everything like that. It was just a wet area of grass that the oh. water would very slowly move through. So you oh. couldn't really drive through it. We tried to once, got buried. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have someone come pull you out, and it's just it's a big it's hassle. A nightmare. It's a nightmare. So every month we would have to trim this big, long, wet patch of grass that's probably like six feet wide and like probably like a hundred feet long. And you would just stand there and swing your weed whacker back and forth, back and forth, walking down the whole thing. And it was so wide that you couldn't get it all in one swing, and it was so wet you couldn't walk right down the middle. So you'd have to go up and down this thing like two or three times to make sure you got everything. And it was just, it was a traumatic event, especially when it was, you know, 96 degrees outside. Well, that won't and help anybody. Even if it's like 80 degrees outside, you're still like, oh my God. Like it was, yeah. it was a character building moment. That's for sure. That's how I lost all my college weight. But um, it's fundamental you know. to the man you are today. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a character builder. <laughs> no, but, but like, all right, now I can understand where like your hatred for summer comes yeah, from. It's not really a hatred. It's just like. It's a deep seating hatred. No, it's, it's, it's one. I, I mean, I've gotten into golf, so now there's something to do in the summer. But yeah, but I've heard a lot of people say they like fall golfing more. That Joe did say that yesterday. Yeah. Actually, he's not even the first person I've heard say that. So, but but at the same time, like, there's so much more going on in the fall and the winter. You have bills, you have savers, you have 
every other sport coming back. I just I don't know. I, well, that, that is the one thing. Is I like, don't look of, at just the weather. A few years, there's like yeah. no sports during summer. And if you're like me, like um, baseball, yes, is, is is obviously playing. But like if you follow a bad team like I do, mm-hmm. like it, you, by the time summer rolls around, you're like I'm out. Like just yeah. T- tell I me, mean, tell me who we traded the trade deadline. <laughs> you know the whole thing. When and, is, and it, that's when is it. the trade deadline again? Isn't it Monday? It's oh, the seventeenth. Actually, is coming up. I think it's the seventeenth. One second, I gotta look this up now. But no, sure. I just I, I look more at seasons as what else is going on, not just the weather. August first. August first, okay. But no, I just look more at like what else is going on. Not much. You know? So But I mean like some years we do have a lot going well, on. Oh yeah, some, like the World some Cup. Some years you'll have a World Cup and Olympics. We do have a women's World Cup coming up uh next week starts, I think, on Thursday or Friday. Mm-hmm. So that should be exciting. That's good. Although it's it's in New Zealand and Australia. Ooh, man. Which means a lot of the games are either incredibly late at night or early into the morning. Like the yeah. first game of the tournament starts at three in the morning Eastern Standard Time. For us, that's not a problem. I mean, we work afternoons, so could. Stay I'm still up. going to bed at like eleven. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm, the, I'm just kidding. You said that. Three, I was like, three, what do you mean it's not a problem? Three in the morning's a bit aggressive. I mean, maybe like midnight one. I'll st- well, if it's, I, if I can't US, say I if it's can't the US. say that I won't do it because I've stayed up to watch the Australian Grand Prix before. Oh my god, I remember that. Yeah, like, I've still, done that. I remember. I remember. I was out with a couple friends. It was like a Saturday night, or no? It was a yeah. It was. It'd be a it was Saturday, Saturday into, into Sunday. Sunday, and I texted you, and I'm like, "Why is there F1 on at the bar I'm at right now?" And you're like wide awake. You're like, "Oh, there's a race going on," and I'm like, "This isn't a replay." Like what's happening? Text, Where are they you racing? You text me like, with the full <laughs> assumption that I would text you like the next a day, few hours later, yeah. ten seconds later. F one race, bud. Come on. I was I was shook. I was like, whoa, absolutely. Like, I was like, this isn't a replay. No. <laughs> anyway, but, oh man, we were talking a lot of jerseys though the past hour. Least favorites, favorites. I did want to bring up one story though mm-hmm. for the, for the Bills jersey. I want to bring this up. I couldn't really find a good moment to do it, so I'm going to force it now. So. <laughs> When the navy blue uniforms were done with, it was the 2011 season. And if anyone ever asks me, like, what moment of the drought sticks out to you, like, like your favorite moment, not necessarily the bad moment, but your favorite moment, it will always be, to me, the 2011 season opener. They had just changed the jerseys into what they kind of are now. They've changed them a little bit to kind of get away from what they are. But they, for the most part, have changed them into what they are now. And they curb stomped the Kansas City Chiefs 41-7. to in the first game? In the first game of the season, 2011. Wow. It's, and that's your definitive moment. It, and the reason why, it's going to sound ridiculous, but like follow me, it was the one of the few times I could remember like everyone talking about the Bills because how much they just laid a whooping on the Chiefs and how like everybody on like the team, on the offense, was like unheralded, like undrafted guys, seventh-round guys, fifth round guys and i was like this is the coolest thing in the world like fitzpatrick had like a gem of a game stevie johnson scored a touchdown donald jones caught a touchdown like there was like so many guys like it so for me like that's a big reason why too like those uniforms get introduced and what's the first game they do in them they just it's not like the chiefs were like this dominant superpower at the time they, they no, were but not at the same time. Was still their quarterback but it was like like that's the introduction to those jerseys and i was like i'm in Let's go. I'm okay, in. to you, is that the beginning of the end of the drought? I know that's still six we years. We are still very far away. It's not really. No. It's not really. It, no. What's the beginning of the end of the drought 
for you? Honestly, it's going to sound bad. The end of the drought season. So, so oh, like the start of that season. Well, I like there I, wasn't I, like I, ultimately. I guess because they end up breaking the drought that season. But like here, 2011, I have very fond memories of that first game. They go six and ten that year. Mm. This is a year that they do start four and two going into the bye. The first three weeks, they don't score under 30 points. They score 41 against the Chiefs, win. 38 against the Raiders, win. 34 against the Patriots, win. Lose to the Bengals 23-20. Beat the Philadelphia Eagles 31-24. I was at that game. That is actually the first Bills game I've ever gone to. Hmm. And I went as a kind of neutral fan. Because at this point I was still kind of an Eagles fan. Kind of a Bills That's, fan. Yeah. I, yep. I, was, I was going through the phase of like, no, but I pay attention to the Bills all the time. Like I like the Bills a lot, but this was sort of the the dream team Eagles yep. team with Michael Vick, Deshaun Jackson, Jeremy Macklin. Like they were a very, very fun team. Vick, I think, threw three picks. Ryan Fitzpatrick was dialed in. It was awesome. And then they lose to the Giants the very next week. They go four and two. They come out of the bye. Whoop Washington. Go five and two. They lose the next. Oh man, how many games? One, two, three, four, five. Wait, wait. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. In I a row. vaguely remember watching the news. So, backstory on my childhood. Every night when we would have dinner, we'd mm-hmm. have the news on because mm-hmm. it'd be about the five thirty, six o'clock news. Yeah. And I vaguely remember like cleaning up from dinner. At, around when the sports, we would always be finishing dinner when sports was coming yep. on, and I would just rush into the living room and sit down and watch. And I vaguely remember, I think it was Ed Kilgore, and he was like, "Yep, Bills lost another one. They're on a seven-game losing streak." Yeah. And I was like, "Whoa, Fitz, that's bad." Fitzpatrick had an injury. <laughs> there was a few other guys that had injuries. I mean, so I, I mentioned at the beginning of the season, you know, their first four wins they didn't score under thirty points. They had three straight losses in there to the Jets, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Miami Dolphins, where they didn't score fourteen points. They had 11 against the Jets, 7 against the Cowboys, and 8 against the Dolphins. Ooh. Absolutely smacked around. Who was the Dolphins quarterback that year? Oh, man. Who would have been? This is not Tannehill yet. No. So this would have been, I believe. It's crazy, though, that we think it's Tannehill. That just Matt shows. Moore. It is Matt Moore, yeah. J.P. Lossman is also on that roster. On the Dolphins on roster? On the Dolphins, yeah. He's oh. on that roster. You get guys like Reggie Bush are there as well. Devon mm. Bess out of Hawaii. He was a blast in college. <laughs> Love him. Uh, yeah, the Dolphins were also bad that year, by the way, six and ten, uh, and the Bills lost thirty-five to eight that game. So then the next year, twenty twelve, six and ten, absolutely gotta love it. Um, although one thing I kind of remember from this season was um, C.J. Spiller being awesome. And this is his rookie year, wasn't it? Twenty uh, no, twelve. This was, I think, it was third or fourth year. Oh, but this is like the first year. It was like, all right, the Bills are using him. Marshawn Lynch is gone. You know, Fred Jackson's kind of getting older. Like Spiller's becoming the guy as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. And it was like the next season. It was everyone's like, he's going to take that jump now. Like he's going to he's going to be that guy. And then when they gave him more carries, it, it uh, fell apart pretty quick. So they go <laughs> six and ten there. So the drought's still very very fondly going on. 2013. My this is my favorite period of the drought is when they couldn't win more than six games. They go six and ten again. You know, they, they, they've gotten Mario Williams at this point. Jarris Bird's popping off. Like, he has, like, six interceptions his rookie year and, like, the first, like, seven games. Like, he's unbelievable. Doesn't matter. They go 6-10. and 10. 2014, 9-7. and seven. I have incredible memories about this year. Kyle Orton is the only reason why. That man, I would have died for him by the end of the year. <laughs> I would have lost my mind and gone to war for him. There was a picture of him. And and just personal story, I hate smoking. I don't smoking cigarettes. Just look, it looks very gross to me. There was a picture of him. I think after the Detroit Lions game of him smoking a cigarette after the game, and I was like, I get it now. I was like, that, <laughs> that is the that is the coolest thing in the world. I I just 
I was very irrational about Kyle Orton for most of that season. Or not for most of it. When he took over for EJ, I was very much irrational about Kyle Orton. I'm like, that's my guy. We're going into the next year. We're going to make the playoffs. 2015, they go 8-8. Eight and eight. We, make the, we do not make the playoffs again. <laughs> but we had gotten to the point now with Sean McCoy's on, on the team. Richie Incognito had come over really, really rough past for him. But he yep. really it was him, Eric Wood, and a few other guys that really secured that offensive line. But even still, like that 9-7, 8-8, eight eight, I guess you can maybe say that that was the end of the drought, but that's Rex Ryan years, mm-hmm. which is scary yeah, and not fun for anybody. And then 2016, 7-9 again, and that's the that's it for Rex Ryan. He's gone. Anthony Lynn comes in at the end. And, and really, those teams were bad by the end of that time. Like, they went 7-9, but the end of that season, they were awful. Mm-hmm. After the bye, they win three games, they lose four, but your final four, six games lose two win one lose two and they they i don't want to say they were in the driver's seat to make the playoffs but it felt like they kind of were and it was an absolute crater to end the season and then of course 2017 rolls around they're not really that good of a team that just happens to make the playoffs it it, it, i that's my thing with 2017 it's really cool that they made the playoffs but looking back on it, it could have been a very like weird year. Cool, the drought ended, but the problem still remained. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean, and and it was never a surprise to anybody that they trade Tyrod away and and they kind of rebuild the roster. Like, that was never a surprise to anybody. That was kind of the talk going in. I mean, Nathan Peterman starts a game against the Chargers because Tyrod threw eighty five yards. Pat, like he threw for eighty five yards in a game. Like, yeah, I'm a Tyrod defender, and I'd bench him after that. I'm sorry. Like, you can't in the modern NFL, you cannot throw for eighty five yards in a game after you're kind of falling apart, and have me go, that's still my guy. Could you imagine if Josh <laughs> Allen threw 85 yards in a game? Yeah. No, Pitchforks would be brought out. <laughs> It'd be bad. It'd be but, really bad. So they go 9-7. and seven, They make the playoffs. It's very fluky. It's a lot of turnovers on the defense, which almost always regresses, and it does. They go 6-10 and 10 the next year in Allen's rookie year. But so, I mean, that's the thing. is like Even after that season, I wouldn't say I was sitting here going, like, oh, they're going to make the playoffs again. Like, them making the playoffs in 2019 was really cool to me. Not as emotionally resonating as 2017. If they wouldn't, if they wouldn't have made it in 17, and they made it like how they and like everything go, everything stays the same, except they just don't make it in 2017. Yeah, essentially, Andy Dalton doesn't throw a touchdown to yeah. Tyler Boyd. They yeah. still end the season on a high note. They still beat the Dolphins. Right. Yeah. So would night would would the would the drought mean more because they did better? I don't in the I, 19 playoffs. No, I, seven, I think, I think ultimately 17. what really has helped, though, is like McDermott was on that roster. McDermott mm-hmm. and Bean were already on the payroll. They were here with the yeah. Bills. They were in their jobs. So, like, that to me is is the start of it, ultimately. Looking back on is them hiring them, fixing mm-hmm. the culture, the whole thing. It would have – I mean, I brought this up when I talked about the Sabres and Kevin Adams and Don Renato and kind of like they've still got that shadow lingering over them of it's a 12-year drought, guys. Figure it out. Like, yep. it's hockey. Everyone yep. makes the playoffs. Figure it out. Where football, it's a little bit less that. I mean, you had Tom Brady in the division – annihilating no, I just, you guys and like all that but like it was a long drought for yeah. many many people's lives up to that point i mean i was going i was getting ready to go to college or no i was i was in college yeah at that point and i that was the first time i'd seen the bills in a playoff game was in college i just wonder if i wonder if it would have meant not that it didn't mean anything but i just wonder if it would have meant more had it happened in 19 where the team was like more well-rounded and better success where, and where like ultimately that. it's the team they're gonna they're gonna move forward with yeah 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 i just i don't know i think that because kind then because 17 has almost become like a folklore type thing well right but in 17 yes you did what you needed to do but you needed help from elsewhere 
In 19, they didn't need to do that. No, they, they just they, in 19, they, they, won, made they won 10 games. They almost won the division. Yeah. They had actually come close to that primetime game against uh, the Patriots where they they were in a pretty good spot to potentially beat them. Mm-hmm. What was the final score of that game? 24-17. Yeah. Although I think they secured yeah, they secured the playoffs against Pittsburgh week 15. So that's the thing is yeah. you were 10 yeah. and 4, you secured the playoffs there. You almost win the division against Patriots week 16 don't and then they they bench everybody for week 17 to get ready for the playoffs yeah and they ultimately lose to the jets i think honestly though looking back at that season this is you know you start off the season unbelievably well i mean you go into dallas eight and three for thanksgiving you were phenomenal going into that dallas game and i remember sitting there um with with my buddy joe we 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 used to like do these like we would just go out to dinner and we would like be there for like six hours like just talking sports whatever yeah anything and I remember we were sitting there. The schedule had just come out, and like so, we're like we're we had done this for years, just going through it, picking what we would be, and, and all this stuff. So like, honestly, a lot of the drought years never surprised me. I would come out like stoked for an eight and eight season, <laughs> and I'm like, unless like there's a huge injury to like a, a, someone in the AFC, it's like we're gonna get be eight and eight. It's fine. Yeah. But I remember like we were sitting there going into that Dallas game, or, or thinking about the Dallas game that th- that first Thanksgiving one, which ultimately now the, the Bills have become. They're not going to be on it this year, but they become kind of a Thanksgiving staple. Mm-hmm. But that Dallas game, it was a big thing of like, man, either we are going to come into that game really good and we're going to be excited about it, or we're going to be really pissed we're playing on Thanksgiving because <laughs> we're really bad. Yeah, and it, and it was kind of the same thing with Dallas because like Dallas was coming into that year, also a lot of hype, feeling pretty good about them, and it was like Dak and Zeke and everything. Like and... it could be really bad for us if we go in there and they're fire and we're bad. And Dallas was not better. They like their record was worse. Dallas was getting more of the headlines. But I distinctly remember after that game was the first time Allen was getting love. The Bills were really getting love. The whole thing. They lose to Baltimore. That was the that was the chicken or the turkey leg. Where, that was yeah. That was. They lose to Baltimore the following week. Lamar Jackson's MVP year. They give Lamar one of his worst games that season. And it, and I I. I'm gonna, now I'm going to like dive into like years I like have vivid memories of. John Brown runs a bad post route and it and it ends up getting blocked away. And but Allen had like a really good shot there to win that game or to tie that game up, and he didn't even play well. Yeah. So like I mean like it showed how good the team was that Allen wasn't even playing well necessarily. I, mean, I think that was my first Bills game. Um. Yeah. That might was that the wind game where Trey was looking at the playbook. I think so. I think that was Baltimore. I think that was Baltimore. That was 2019, right? Yeah. Hmm. But so. That happens, and then you go to Pittsburgh, and you get the entire week of Duck Hodges is actually better than Josh Allen. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And during Renegade, yep, which that, is oh, it, it, it was that it, game. That was my first Bills game. I I I remember it, but I don't. It was very cold. Yeah, <laughs> it was very cold. It was, that day. it was windy. It was cold. But I I just and then the Pittsburgh game, you know, during Renegade, the the Steelers like big like they'll play that by the sticks. You know, that's a big song that they'll play like in big moments. They play that to get the defense hyped up, and Allen hits a bomb. And yep. that was the year, too. He couldn't hit a deep ball to save his life. Yeah. Until, like, the end of the season, he hits one against Pittsburgh. He hits, like, three against New England. Like, it was exciting. And and ultimately, like, that's the thing is, like, I mean, it counts against McDermott's record. I barely remember the Jacksonville game. Number one, it was a terrible watch. It was awful. Mm-hmm. I do know a lot of people went down there to see it, the whole thing. But I don't, I don't remember much of that playoff game. I was just stoked they were there. I didn't care what happened next. That's the thing is, like, I just think... Like again, I don't want to take anything away from 2017. That was magical. That's, it was, that's the it drop-breaking was, year. Yes, that is the quintessential point of the past 10 years of Bills football. Is that mm-hmm. right there? But like I said, I just think that 
it, somehow I think it would mean more if they won in twenty nineteen. Like it was the same group the entire way that takes him into this. Yeah, because like, it would have been I, you know Allen takes him, McDermott. You know, now all of a sudden it's like it's a bit of that longer process to get you there. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, just because like. Like I said before, I, I, no, I will say this though. Going into that 2019 season, there'd be a, a lot more pressure. That's oh McDermott's yeah, third, that's McDermott's third year. It, it would have been two years out the playoffs. You would have torn down the entire team at 20 and 2017, which not making the playoffs would have been a little dicey to do so. Yeah, because you were a pretty solid team mm-hmm. that kind of just needed a you know a better culture fit. You know, you're going from Rex Ryan, who's very loud and all this stuff, to McDermott, who has been the exact opposite. He's more reserved. More reserved. Calm. There would have been a lot, a lot more pressure in 2019. And funny enough, there already kind of was, at least from what I'm remembering, for 2019. This is Allen's second year. Did not have a great year passing the ball at all his rookie season. Mm -mm. And you're looking to be better. But, I mean, they came out that first week throwing the ball a ton. They start the season off 3-0. and And even and even though in the Jets and Giants game, you felt like they should have beaten them by more, especially the Jets. The Jets, you had just terrible turnovers to start the game, even though you were dominating yeah. them. But I, I do actually wonder how it would have been. Because 2019, so like, like let's say it goes the exact same way. Everything They just... Just Andy the, Dalton doesn't throw the touchdown yeah, pass in twenty. But ultimately, 2019 is the year the, the drought ends. I mean, the Pittsburgh game is, is way more impactful then as well because it's a primetime game. Mm-hmm. There's big moments. Do they get the, the primetime game, though, if they don't make the playoffs in 2017? I think so, yeah, because yeah. that's the thing. It's like 17, like, who cares? Yeah. You know, really? I mean, like, it, it was it was fun. The NFL liked it because it broke the drought. But ultimately, like, the Bills follow that up by going 6-10. and 10. Like, Yeah, right. You know, you, you still have the young second-year uh, quarterback – all that stuff. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of what-ifs that go into play here because then it's like, okay, what if they don't trade for Stephon Diggs? What if free agents don't sign here? What if... Well, that's the thing. There's, is, there's, is there's following so... the 2019 season, they absolutely would still sign, try, trade for Stephon Diggs. That was well, easily the most needed thing following right, that season. That's, no, you're right. But I'm saying, like, I, I, I guess I jumped the gun a little bit there. Between 17 mm-hmm. and 19... You know, like I mean, what, the what, big thing is, what do they person, blow, what do they personnel changes? Team? Yeah, what personnel changes happen between seventeen and nineteen if they don't make the playoffs in seventeen? Because I think that's the thing is, like, if, if you don't make the playoffs in seventeen, Andy Dalton does not throw the touchdown pass. Mm-hmm. Do they blow up the team? I don't know. It yeah. felt like that was the feeling the entire year was that look, they're going to ride this year out with this crew, and then they're going to blow it up and make their own team. Yep, I think that absolutely still happens, but. Because it came down to the final game or the final week, I do wonder if maybe – I don't want to say ownership necessarily steps in, but people step in and kind of go, hey, we feel like this is a gr- good group. Let's keep building with this group. It's tough, though, because then you you go into the 2018 draft, historically was being compared to the 83 quarterback draft. We should be in, we should be involved in this, blah, 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 blah. You know, so, oh, man. It's weird. I don't actually know how much it changes other than there's a, there's more pressure on 2019 than there already was, and there was quite a bit. Right. And but I, and then I think that... it would feel cleaner in terms of, like, they just keep, you know, moving forward because you go from 2019, 2020, they explode yeah. to be 13-3. and three. Allen becomes that guy. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, they start that season. Number one, this is everything with COVID. They actually, funny enough, start this season again after their bye week, 7-3. and three. Right. They're and then immediately there was that, great again. And then there was that weird Titans game. Well, that's the thing. The so, weird so COVID the Titans game. The beginning of the year, you could kind of say is a little, 
I don't want to say dicey, but a little interesting. So the first four weeks are amazing. They mm-hmm. are just firing on all all cylinders. Allen is clearly taking another step as a passer. You lose to the Titans after that game gets moved. It felt like seven times. Yeah. They finally played on Tuesday night. Did not go well. Lost 42-16. Funny enough, A.J. Brown is the one that caused the most issues. They were able to somewhat handle Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown is the one that caused that all the That was the game where Josh Norman got thrown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, then Kansas City. Kansas City that year, I think, is just flat on a better team than you. And they yep. beat you at home 26-17. Again, this is an empty stadium. I think it would have been a little more interesting to see what it could have been like if you know, fans were there. But they beat you. Then you win the next three. You beat the Jets, beat the Patriots, beat the Seahawks. Then you lose to Arizona in the Hopkins play, the, the, the Hale Murray. Yep. You lose that game going into the bye. You win every single game after that. They, they go 13-3. and three. I mean, the San Francisco game, the throw over Fred Warner to Gabe Davis mm. is a beauty, is gorgeous. Denver, I mean, you just threw them around Which in one mile was, high. Was that, was it, I'm, I'm trying to that's remember. Co- that's Kumro touchdown. No, no, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember the season where Knox threw Allen a touchdown with a broken hand. That would have been. Was that 2021? I think 2021. I can't remember that who would, they were that playing, That I think would have been 2021. It was at home. I remember that. It was at home. But maybe, I thought it was may, against Tampa. Maybe it wasn't at home. I think I think it was against Tampa. In Tampa? Yeah, that overtime game that they ultimately lose. Now I'm gonna have to go to the twenty twenty one season. I can't remember now. But I just I just, just that was like there's so many moments over the past like five years that are just vivid memories. I mean when you brought well, up because Han- especially for us, like I mean like the Bills were bad for a lot a lot if if not our entire lives. And so mm-hmm. now all of a sudden it was kind of you know, it now felt like every other week we were seeing like a great moment, a great play, yeah. all this stuff. A highlight real moment. Yeah, a highlight real moment where for years we we did not see that ever. Yeah. It was just never what we saw. And so now it was like, oh, okay, like this is so this is what it's like to actually be a fan of a really good team where for years we just we weren't that at all. Twenty twenty one though, that was the first year we were working here, and I remember that was not a good year at all no for a it, long time it was it was like very up and down back and forth you're like what's going on so i brought up that tampa loss in overtime that makes the bills seven and six yep and oh i remember we looked at this like months ago mm-hmm. when we first started doing saturdays and they were like bad going into the bye week it did not look good well they were four and two they lost to tennessee again mm-hmm. so they go into the bye week four and two it was more they come out of the bye week and it goes win one, lose one, win one, lose one, win yep. one. You and then get a and streak then going. Eventually they just lose two in a row. New England, that's the win game where yep. they run the ball forty times, Mac throws the ball twice, and then they lose to Tampa in overtime. And they're seven and six. It does not feel good at all. And actually, and this is a big part of, of, of how I look at that year too, you you ended the year on a four game win streak and you looked really bad for two of them. The final two. Mm-hmm. You didn't look clean against Atlanta or New York. But you got in. You were eleven and six. You won the AFC East. You go into the playoffs. The perfect game. Looking back on it, I knew they'd beat the Patriots. I never felt nervous about playing the Patriots. No, because the mainly, last... mainly because you know when when you then played the Patriots to finish out the year, you beat them thirty three twenty one, and your offense looked fine. When when it wasn't like a hurricane level wins, you looked fine. <laughs> yeah, I was never worried about that. But the idea of them pulling off a perfect game on offense after that regular season or how they were going into the playoffs was. It was unthinkable. It was crazy to me. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to happen. There was no way that I, I no. would. Like I, like you Even said. Even the 13 seconds game. Yeah. 
That was. I remember going into that Kansas City game thinking the exact same way I felt about the 2020 AFC Championship game. We're going to lose. I, I did not feel good about that game at all. I was like, the perfect game's awesome. But the way we ended the season, Patriots clearly aren't that good, whatever it was. It wasn't until the Gabe Davis, what, like 75-yard touchdown? Where he, oh, was it? I don't know who was guarding him. But he literally was just like running a slant route and like kind of threw Towards his body. The and and he, the guy flew into the sideline. Yeah. But, but I, I think that was the I think that's the one you're talking about. Yeah. But I ultimately for me, like looking back on that season, like and this is why I still have faith in this Bills team going in. Like because yeah. like twenty twenty one, most of that season, I'm not happy with the team at all. No. For much of the season I am not happy. And going into the playoffs, I'm really not excited. That was our first year here. Mm-hmm. And I remember the thirteen seconds game. We were both out in the newsroom and it was just I was home already at that point. I had left to were rush you? home. Oh, right, because you were finishing up. That was when we first started out down the hall. I rushed home to try to then, once the game's over, go to bed to get up to do the morning show. Yep, yep. So I had rushed home, and we were texting about it, but I had rushed home. Yeah, that was rough. I, I that, was, that was a long day for me. I remember I was here from like 7 in the morning till like two in the morning yeah oh, it was a long day it, it was, was a long day awful. And it was not it was not good i <laughs> if they would have won it would have been completely different but like it was a long day i mean i've never <laughs> i've never been more deflated by a game but I, again like i look at that season though we do got to hit a quick time out here but like i look at that season and just like there was never like really once after the bye week that i felt really comfortable with that team no and it just it just the playoffs happened and it clicked and, and it did well and, and, and to a certain point it did because to then point, obviously you have well, I can't say the players. I don't want to pin it on the coaches either, but I can't say the players made wrong choices in the Kansas City game in 13 seconds. Oh, look, it, it was, whoever it was, it was a terrible decision. It was a yeah. terrible execution. The whole thing. Yep. But if you'd asked, if you would have told me that that was going to be happening in December of that season, I would have laughed. Yeah, I would have been like, "There's no way. It's not happening." <laughs> yeah. They're right. they're going to maybe beat the Patriots and get destroyed by where they play in the divisional round. Yeah. And instead. You know, I end 13 seconds, and most of us end 13 seconds thinking we sh- we should have won the Super Bowl that year. And it's it's just crazy to think about. And now I like this team going into this year more than I did 2011 and or uh, 2021 and 2022. We're gonna take a quick time out. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday, and this is WGR. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. 
at the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's leading ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Go for two. Got a notch. Wants to throw it back for Josh Allen for the two-point conversion. And it's a Buffalo special. Little razzle-dazzle. Little Bills razzle-dazzle. by seven. <laughs> Love that. Love that call. That was fantastic. That, so that's the, the touchdown pass you were thinking of for Dawson Knox. Yep. And it's it a two-point two point conversion. conversion. It's yeah. broken finger, so he kind of flips off Yeah, Allen. Tanner actually brought it up to us in the break. It, 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 the, there's a famous picture of Knox flipping off Allen as he's throwing <laughs> the ball. Because he had to. Like, he he kind of had to, but it was also kind of like, hey, man, my hand's broken. Why am I throwing you the ball? <laughs> oh, man. I, like, oh. That was, it, those, those are fun, though. Like, I, like you said, I want that back. Like, I want – not back necessarily. I, I want Dorsey to get creative. I desperately need him to get creative. I, that was a I big think he thing will. missing last year. I think he will, too. You add in a guy like Deontay Hardy onto this team. It adds another I weapon. Actually, well, it's not just another weapon. So when when Isaiah McKenzie became the clear-cut slot receiver for the team, you lost your gadget guy. No one took that role. Yeah. McKenzie could McKenzie could run a flea flicker. He could run yeah, now all, all sudden, sorts of different stuff. Now, like all of a sudden, could, you're kind of like, oh, the gadget guy could be Hardy, and Dalton Kincaid can just be the slot guy, which, uh, like... It feels like we're getting I, – so I'm going in two different directions as we get closer to the start of these seasons. I was fine for the Sabres with Devin Levi and UPL, and now like the closer we get to training camp, I'm like, actually, I hate that. I'm not sure about that <laughs> and one. And you're making me hate it, and I, I don't hate it. And then and then with the Bill season, I loved the Kincaid pick the night of the draft, but then I was like, are we sure though a tight end is going to do great like his rookie year? And now as we're getting closer to training camp, I'm like, he's going to hit it out of the park. Let's go. I need you, and it's just because I'm going to need you to do that in about a month with Levi, please. Dude, as long as people start talking about it, like I, I can get there. But like, well, I, but the problem like, is, is, been, is the Sabers don't have a mini camp, quote unquote. No, it's training camp for two weeks, and then we're we're off to the races, essentially. Yeah. And they had development camp, but Levi wasn't there because well, yeah, he Levi's, just got done playing hockey. Yeah, Levi's not going to be there. And I guess it's my thing is like I'm just I'm hearing constantly people at ESPN, Pro Football Focus, just anyone that covers the draft as well, like are like Kincaid looks like a guy who can come right in and figure it out because. You know, the Bills have basically outright said, I think pretty much have said from being himself, is that they're not really going to be worried about him learning blocking schemes this year. They're worried about, dude, go catch the ball. That's what you do great yeah. now. Go be great right now. I mean, you can have Knox block. Not not to say you can't use Knox as a as a pass-catching threat, but you can have Knox block. Yeah, but he knows need, what to do. If you need a tight end to block, Knox has been in the league for four years. Right. Like, and he, he'll know what's going on. If, if you really and truly want Kincaid to just be the slot receiver, I love their idea of what trait do you do great. That Perfect. That's what we're going to do your rookie year. Right. To exactly. get the most out of you now and to make your rookie year. Because I think people forget about this. It's, 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 been, it's been starting to get brought up more and more, but I, I still think it's a little bit delicate. When you're coming into being a rookie in the NFL, you basically have no off time. Like you're coming mm-hmm. in right away. Your entire life changes drastically. You just ended your college season. Then you're getting right into training for the combine, training for personal private workouts, and you're getting ready to do all that stuff and answer crazy questions from these GMs and trainers and coaches for these teams who are just trying to whittle you down. Mm -hmm. Then you're drafted in April. Right after April and right after the draft, rookie minicamp. Then you go away for a little while. Then it's minicamp. Then you go away for a little while. Then it's training camp. And then the season starts. And then at about week 12, you've now played more football than you have at any kind of like high-end level. 
yeah. because college season is only 12 weeks, including or excluding bowl games and, and the playoffs. That's why it's so important to have him be that pass-catching tight end because, it's like you said, it's what he's comfortable doing. You want to make him comfortable. You want to make him confident because then as the years goes on, He's already he's yeah. next in year two. He's like okay, yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, now what, sudden, what else you want me to learn? Now all of a sudden in year two, when his season ends, let's hopefully say February, he's got months of he kind of knows what the blocking schemes is. He's obviously heard it. He's been in tight end meetings. He's yep. been in offensive yep. meetings. He kind of knows what's up. And now it's he's like, a fly on the wall. Yeah, now he all of a sudden is picking that up. And that's not to say that during the rookie year they won't be like, hey, you're doing really well with it. All right, we're gonna add a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Yep. While also being like, hey, you do this one thing great. And, you know, let's hope him and Allen immediately have connected. It's working great. Boom, we're off to the races. It's to, I, I, but but it's one of those things that, like, now all of a sudden, his jump, like a normal tight end, does happen in year two or year three. Mm -hmm. But it's just, well, we've already been seeing him catch the ball. Now all of a sudden, the blocking thing's been added in. Right. I always do this. I always make a comparison to the Sabres here because it's my thing. It's what I have to do. It's kind of like Victor Olofsson. When Victor Olofsson first came in, hey, that kid can shoot the puck, Mm -hmm. that kid can score. Don't let him do anything other than that. The problem was, is with the Sabres, how they did it at the time with the coaching staff and all that stuff, they didn't try to develop any other part of his game. Yeah, they, where they, they just was, were like, all right, was, we'll just do this and then yeah, just keep doing that. Jack and Reinhardt are going to feed you the puck, and you're just going to score. Cool? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Next year, oh, well, that's not really working anymore. But, you know, you don't need to work on anything else. You still have a good shot. Well, now here we are. Where he only Four has a good later. shot, and to be fair, when the shot is off, it's off. Yep, and when it's off, because he doesn't create he's his invisible. own, he doesn't create his own chances. That's nope. been a big problem as well, is that he can't get himself out of a rut. And part of it is, what can the player do? Yes, you know, like if if Kincaid can't block, there's there's only so much the coaching staff can do. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to be a problem, but I'm just saying, like, there's only so much you can coach and teach, and then there's. A point where it's like, look is at, there look no at Allen's development. Yeah. Look at Allen's Allen spent most off-seasons in his first two years, three years, mm-hmm. just working on his mechanics, getting down to the finest details yeah. and growing them. He spoke after the 2019 season. When he went to work out for that 2020 season, what do we got to work on? Deep ball. Yep. Because he knew, just I've got literally... everything else really starting to work. It's all coming together. But he's he was not able to take advantage of deep shots. John Brown was one of the fastest wide receivers in football, could not take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. They go get Stephon Diggs. He worked on his deep ball, and and it since then it's been a flourish of I, of, of success and, and and accolades and all that stuff. I think one of the most interesting and fascinating things from that offseason was watching the comparison of his two throwing motions. Where I you, still do it every now and then if, I, like, if I'm so bored on a weekend or, or or I'm waiting to go to work. You watch 2018, 2019, Josh. The first two years. Well, not even that. It's it's where he's. In the off season, at like oh, when, where, yeah. when he did it at Wyoming, where he's just kind of like they, they show him at the beginning of the season mm-hmm. or the beginning of the off season, and at the end of the off season, in a three month window, he looks like two different people. Mm-hmm. And it's like just not only the change in the motion, but the mental ability to just say, "Hey, my body is never going to do this again." Mm-hmm. And like I could well, not it, imagine I, trying you know, to do like that. The easiest way to say it is the coachability. Yeah. Of, of being willing to be like, well, it can be tough with professional athletes. You got to that point. There's probably a few professional athletes out there that are going, why would I change anything? That that this is what's gotten me here. Mm-hmm. But instead you have somebody like Allen who probably heard all of the criticism going into his draft year and realized, oh, I need to be better at a few things. Mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson probably is doing the exact same thing. Of, I need to be better at a few things. I think Anthony Richardson, so a lot of people compared Trey Lance 
to Josh Allen. Absolutely. That's a very apt comparison. It as is. Well. But I think you can honestly I think you can compare Anthony Richardson to Josh Allen as well. The, it, those are those are the three quarterbacks I would compare each other to. Like it, the I, trio. I will say in terms of like who is most NFL ready in terms of like just the mechanics and everything. Well funny enough, I'd put Allen third. Yeah. Just it just having watched all three, I was, I'm still kind of a big Trey Lance well, guy, you're saying which is in, a demon I fight every day. <laughs> you're saying in their in their college coming, like draft com, coming out as prospects. Yep. Okay. When they get drafted by other teams in terms of passing mechanics and who looked the most like, hey, you don't have to change too much. You're ready to go right now. Allen's third. Out of those three. Followed by Lance and then Richardson. Mm-hmm. I don't actually think Richardson's mechanics are all that broken. It can be a little lazy at times. Yeah. But his more thing is I think he was in a bad offense for who he was at yeah. Florida. Lance, he was in a predominantly running offense and he really didn't get to start a ton so we didn't really get to see a ton from him. But he showed enough I now I like the way he looks at San, in San Francisco. I'm very excited for him this year to see if he can do something because I we kind of got cheated out of it. He got hurt week two, week three, and week one he played in a monsoon in Chicago. But then we also had Brock Purdy, which was fun. Brock Purdy's fun. I also think Kyle Shannon though. I, I've, I've said this a number of times on this show. I think he's the best coach in the NFL, hmm. not named like Andy Reid. I, I think so highly of Kyle Shanahan. But I'm excited for that. I just, like Trey Lance has all the tools. If if he has been really working while he's been injured to get ready, I think he could be the explosive oh oh who is this guy this year. I think he can. The question is is who well, I I don't think it's a question really. I mm-hmm. think they're going to start him over Brock Purdy. But then again, Brock Purdy did we'll do see. well. Well, no, in terms of over Brock Purdy, absolutely. Purdy's not going to be healthy enough. That's yeah, that's true. It, it's more does Lance do enough to hold off Sam Darnold, which if he does mm. that, that's a great first step. I forgot that the Sam second Darnold's step there. though is do you do enough that when Brock Purdy is healthy again, they don't go right back to him? That's what you got to do is in this intermediate time of, of Purdy getting healthy, make it where the team doesn't actively want you benched to get Purdy back. Don't be what yeah. Zach Wilson is now with the Jets, where that team couldn't have gotten Aaron Rodgers to New York faster. You, look, look at the day they traded for him. It, it just everyone just banging the drum for him. And Wilson was the second overall pick that year. Should he have been? No. I even no. look back at that draft year. No, it should have been Justin Fields. Yeah. Even with how their careers have gone already, the Jets bungled that move right from the get go. Wilson played a great year at BYU against terrible competition. Yeah. And everything else in his career was adequate at best. Fields was dominant at Ohio State his entire career. I will never understand what the Jets saw to essentially before even the combine. We're like Wilson's the guy. Not outright saying it, but they're like, Wilson's the guy. Tech, uh, real quick, if Trey Lance doesn't work out in San Francisco, mm-hmm. and, and this is just a very quick thought. I, I haven't put much thought into this. The Giants feel like a very good spot for Trey Lance to be. I think so, too, actually. Because Brian Dable, after what he did with Josh Allen, I, I think that'd be a perfect coach would, pairing. It, it would be interesting to see what Daniel Jones does this year. I did right. not like Daniel right. Jones much last year. I love the play calling. Saquon Barkley was sick, just like his rookie year. And they've added a ton of wide receiver talent. If, just, if Daniel Jones doesn't take another step forward passing, Trey Lance is going to have that intrigue about him of like, I can get something out of him. I can yeah. do it. Because like I said, look what Brian Dable did with Josh Allen. Now, I know it's a lot of different minds all working with one person, but Brian Dable was a very I was gonna say, good but like, offensive but I th- mind. I think it would be bad to not connect Dable to Allen's success, at least yeah. in some in some facets. In certain I think ways, yeah. To. Yeah, but I just, I, I don't know. I just, because how much the two of them were compared and how much, like, because it's always been, everyone looks at Allen and says like, oh, like, how did he go from that to this? It's... Some it's a multitude of things. It's a multitude of things, but some of these guys have so much potential that's just hidden. Mm-hmm. And if you can identify that, that that's great. 
But then you have to unlock it. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the Bills have figured out how to unlock it, but Brian Dable was part of that process of getting Allen to where he is now. So if Trey Lance is kind of in the same vein, why, why? it, it wouldn't be crazy well, to say that is, the two of them would be perfect and it's, together. It's kind of how I feel about Anthony Richardson this year as well. Is like, you're at least going to get something out of the out of the rushing game. Yeah. He, at least. He is. He is Richardson's 6'5". Yeah. And runs like a horse. Like he's mm-hmm. gonna get like eight hundred yards this year rushing, just because like Steve. Uh, what did Allen have his rookie year? Uh he had ooh, I want to say seven hundred rushing yards and like eight touchdowns. It was something along those lines. But my thing with Richardson, you have um, oh, who is who is Indianapolis's head coach? He was with not Frank Reich. No, uh, no, 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 no. He was with Philadelphia. He was their offense coordinator. He Shane built, Steichen. Thank you, Shane Steichen. There it is. He, he built the Jalen Hurts offense. That was like look. We're building you as a passer still, but we have this unbelievable ability you as a runner. Let's use that as well. They're going to do that with Anthony Richardson. I'd be stunned if they didn't. Allen had 631 yards on 89 attempts. Okay, yeah. Eight touchdowns. Yeah, he was, oh, man, he was awesome that year. Now, funny enough with Daniel Jones, rushing-wise, he's had a really good year last year. <laughs> Whenever you bring up jo- Daniel Jones rushing, I just picture, I remember him tripping and falling. And yet still being, like, the fastest player at the quarterback position that year. I remember I just, that. Like, his miles just, per hour was faster than, like, anything. Like, guys like Lamar was, Jackson or Josh Allen He was on, what, run. like, the 20-yard line? And just stumbled. And just stumbled and fell. Like, he was wide open. He just he just fell into the phantom zone. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. How many rushing yards do you think he had last year? Daniel Jones? Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, remember, we're talking about Brian Dable here, who, who unlocked Allen. 840. I'm going to say close because you're within like a hundred and something. He had seven or eight on 120 carries. Oh, okay. I was a seven touchdowns. I I thought he was going to have more than that. But even then, like that's, if, that's if, good. If he takes another step. Well, what's what was it? What was it before Dable got there? Oh, uh, the year prior, he had 298 two touchdowns. His second year, he had 423. Oh, so he's he, been very up and he, down. But he kind of he can run the ball. We do know that. Yeah. My thing is, his best year passing in terms of touchdown passes was his first year, 24. He did that in 12 games. Or well, thir- he, he started 12, came in in 13. He had 24 touchdowns. It's two touchdowns a game. This past year, <laughs> this past year, he had 15, but only five picks. Mm. If you add 10 more touchdowns. 25 touchdowns, and the picks are under double digits plus the running ability, they're keeping Jones. They're well, absolutely keeping Jones. And it's Jones. also, it's also, it, it's, it's like, again, look at me comparing things to hockey. It's <laughs> how are things around him? Where when we look at Devin Levi, it's, or, or UPL, it's the defense. Yep. And how is the defense also affecting the goaltending? With a guy like Daniel Jones, it's how is the running game affecting his ability to get touchdowns? Because if Saquon Barkley has, I don't know. Also, fifteen touchdowns. Doing quite a bit last year. Yeah. So, like, if if together the two of them have a combined like thirty touchdowns, oh, then you're fine. Well, that's, yeah. that's the Throw, thing. Is like there were like, there was a point last not, year. Not rushing. Like, if Jones has you know twenty passing touchdowns and Saquon Barkley has ten rushing touchdowns. Yeah. 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 So Jones would have had twenty two total touchdowns last year. Okay. With rushing, rushing and, and passing. rushing and passing, Saquon Barkley last year would have had. Let me just pull up his rushing stats. He would have had running the ball, ten touchdowns. Okay. Uh actually had no receiving touchdowns last year. So that but that's that's my point though, is like if yeah, if if Jones only has fifteen touchdowns, okay, how many does Saquon Barkley have? Because yeah. that affects how like he would we'll see how the Saquon Barkley situation plays well, itself out. Yeah. But he would actively take away from any quarterback that's there, not just Daniel Jones, because of how just 
dynamic he is in the run game. I'm, I'm interested in them. I'm, they brought in a number of good wide receivers. Love Paris Campbell. I yep. love Paris Campbell. He was somebody I wanted the Bills to go after. He was definitely somebody I wanted the Bills to go after. They also ended up signing Jameson Crowder, who until the Bills season where he breaks his ankle, he was <laughs> routinely 700, yeah. 800 yards receiving every year. He was one of the most consistent slot guys you could get. So, I, you know, I'm interested in what they can do. We're going to take a quick time out here. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday, and this is WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.